from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the Jack and Spike Show. The New Hampshire caucus. The biggest day in American history, according to both CNN and Fox News and literally every other media outlet. There is no other news besides whether or not, well, Donald Trump winning the New Hampshire caucus. Right? That's pretty much the... It's, we're at a crossroads, according to every this major is a media lie. outlet. This, they need to make a media. They need to make a narrative out of this. It's going to be Donald Trump. Is Thankfully, he, are, they, are they just making television? That's what you're just me? making TV. But we're going to be making a little bit of radio, which is not unusual, mm. with Mr. John Curley. <laughs> Mr. Curley, how are you, sir? Well, it's good to be here on this historic day, the most important day. <laughs> In the history of this great guy. I didn't believe it until John Curley said it. I, that's what I'm saying. I didn't believe it either until I media kept telling me to think that. So, John, I keep seeing these clips of people going to the caucus, and then I see, you know, Trump's caucus leaders, and they're there with their white uh, their white hats. Caucus if you're a, captain. Yeah, because you're a caucus yeah. captain, and yeah. your job is to go around and to make sure all the little caucus underlings are getting people to vote for Donald Trump. And I thought to myself... Uh-huh. I thought to myself, well, John, you've told me previously that you're probably going to vote for former President Donald Trump in the 2024 election. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, he will be the candidate. Right. And okay. s- and so because of that, if, I thought, if it were a primary vote they were asking for, you'd, you'd vote for the former president. And, and, and I know it's asking a lot, John, to have you divulge the very private is issue of who you'd vote is for. Is it, though? Is it, no, because what, what's, yeah. what is it? The 12th of March is ours. Is that right? Or is it the 17th? Something like that. He's already going to have it wrapped up by that time. It doesn't yeah, really matter. Right. Yeah. So, but the thing that I wanted to, to do today, John, was I thought we could play a little game where you, yeah. if you, <laughs> mm. yeah, if you game <laughs> of this, the most important day in history, let's, let's poke fun at democracy. Yeah. So let's I do just that. thought if, if you were a caucus capped captain with the, with a white hat, my New Hampshire uh-huh. almost came out there for a quick second. Uh, if you were a caucus captain and you came up to Spike and I, where they're caucusing as well, a couple of independents, let's just let's just make believe that Spike isn't a raging neoliberal. Right. And, or or uh, that I changed my affiliation just October ago yes. to be able oh, to yeah. declare right. myself an independent and go in and maybe sabotage. So I thought maybe, mm. Mr. Curley, you would be able to convince, possibly... Uh, sure. Myself and Mr. Shaw, me, me and Mr. O'Neill. Bedford's Farm remembers. <laughs> they do, that's right. You know, we don't sure. have that snow that Iowa had, but we do turn out good no, numbers. No, we don't. All right, no, do. so, uh, Laura, do we have any music for this, or was this not? Uh, no, we don't. That's we fine. Some sound. <laughs> Why, it's the dark of the Lord himself. Winter th- a winter thunderstorm here today. Well, I don't see that in the corn's right. No, so, sir. So, John, I just if you could... Give us three points, just one at a time. To start with point one, and then we'll answer point two, and then we'll answer point three. Why do, should we vote for Donald Trump in the New Hampshire caucus? Well, because at this point, fellas, if you look at it, <laughs> if you look to Electoral College map, which is the most important thing, he already has 272. He's got enough to win it. Uh, so you got to keep him in there. No, that's but, why. Uh, but I mean, in terms of like, sh- should we vote for him oh, as for president? Well, you can look at it this States. way if you want. You can look at this way, which would be. Uh, <laughs> oh, I've certainly turned English. <laughs> we're going okay. to vote in sorry, the, Liver- the Liverpool primary. <laughs> right. right. No, no. I love him. No, <laughs> it, it, it would be that you would argue it this way. You'd say, let's get Trump in there because Biden wants Trump. They want a Biden Trump matchup. If Trump loses, in New Hampshire and then doesn't do well in uh, South Carolina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then 
and Nikki Haley rises, they will dump Biden and it'll be Haley against someone else. Mm -hmm. And more likely that someone else will beat Haley. So ultimately, if you guys want to get rid of Biden, then we got to get we got to get Trump in there. You're going to give me a geriatric two for one. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> I can get rid of two old goats. Then I head down to Wiz Beach with just one have a great vote. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. How do you so, wake up in the morning and put on your pants? <laughs> exactly. Ask myself a million but I mean, times. Th- but that's actually- ultimately, fellas, if we think about it this way, you want to get rid of Biden? If you want to get rid of Biden, it's Trump's the guy. Because he- if we get rid of Trump, they'll put someone else in there other than Biden. Well, that's a tall bit of water you're selling there, John. I think that uh, <laughs> I think that, uh, that for the polling I've seen that Miss Haley there, she's got the best chance to beat Biden. Is that what you're saying? So we vote for if yeah, we vote, so for, if we vote for Haley, they're going to scrap. Right. They're going to scrap Sleepy Joe. That's right. <laughs> that's what I heard. I was down at the uh, the gas and go, and that's what they told me. Well, that's yeah. where you get the truth down uh, the Grange oh, and gas okay. and go. Yeah. So, so just quickly though, the three G's we call it. Let's add a little bit of news in. <laughs> so, if you look at a lot of the polls, when it's Biden v. Trump or whatever it is, Trump tends to be within the margin of error. Within, If you look at just the aggregated data, I'm not talking about snapshot polls. It looks mm-hmm. like Trump is in within the margin of error. It looks like he could potentially lose it. Mm-hmm. If it's Haley, for whatever reason, she tends to fall t- several points above Biden, which I find to be fascinating. Yeah, so why wouldn't I want to vote for the person who's got a better chance of beating Biden? Well, because Haley is like a, like a neocon. I mean, she's all about war and all that. About weapons contracts. Oh wait, Donald Trump's for that too. So whoops. Um, Either so, way, my cousin down in Yakuka. You don't have gets, to keep the his accent job on the all the shelf. <laughs> his job okay, at the okay. shell factory. All right, wait, we get off the cut. Sorry, you, did, <laughs> I Jack, didn't get the, the memo. The thing you're missing. Yeah, you have to just look at the electoral college map, right? And as it stands right now, Trump has 28 states, solid, a few leaning. That puts him at 272. The magic number is 270. Right. Biden has 19. Okay. Which puts him at 225. Okay. Yeah. There are toss ups, which is Arizona, Nebraska, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Those are the toss ups. But as it stands, because it doesn't matter about the popular vote, you've seen that before. Correct. It really gets down to the electoral college. So if Trump has 272 as it is right now, he beats Biden. If you dump Trump, they want Trump. They want a Trump Biden matchup because they think they'll be able to beat him. They don't believe they, they don't dump, believe the electoral college map you see. They don't believe it. That, well, they just think that they would be able to pick up Arizona. And, uh, they would keep Pennsylvania. Some of the ones that Biden had won before barely. But as it stands, they the matchup that the Democrats want Trump Biden. They're going to pound away because they think Trump's going to be so weakened by all of these lawsuits and everything else that he's going to be limping in there. So they want that. If you dump him, if you lose him and you throw Haley in there, then all of a sudden it changes their calculation. They're like, oh, crap. Now we've got to get somebody other than Biden. And now people are floating the idea of Michelle Obama or somebody else stepping in. If it opens up the floodgates where it's all of a sudden Haley, then it could be Gavin Newsom or someone else could step in there and it changes everything. So then you are more likely, if ultimately is to get rid of Biden, Go Trump Biden and just hope to God that uh, Trump wins and the Electoral College map stays as it is right now. It'll move back and forth, but certain ones. But he's got 28 states wrapped up. So, I mean, what do you want to do? You want to get rid of Biden? Well, then, you know, that's the matchup. I'm saying if you tr- if you switch it and you put Haley, you will probably have Biden step away. 
We're talking about the New Hampshire uh, caucus that's going on right now, the New Hampshire primary. Every network is covering it. It's the biggest news of all time. It's basically, it's bigger than any major news story. It's wall-to-wall coverage focusing on a primary. These things used to come out the next day in the paper, right. and now they come out, and it's it's literally a live wall feed. Wall-to-wall, 48 wall hours. To wall. 48 hours a day. Holes close at 7 p.m. Eastern time. So, Spike, you wanted to, to offer a rebuttal to well, Mr. Well, no, no, not at all. I, John, as an as a, as a educated voter, mm. which I, you know, and, and I, I treasure that. You do your research. You're thoughtful about where, where you cast your vote. Um, I saw polling that says one in three Republicans would not vote for Trump if he were convicted of one of these charges. Uh-huh. Do you feel that way, or where, would, where? If do you mind if I ask, where would you fall in that category? Would you be one of the sixty-six percent that would vote for the former president, regardless of how any of these trials come out? Because if you know, if a third of Republicans say they won't vote for a guy who's convicted, there's a pretty good chance he's he's going to be convicted of something. Before he comes out. Well, it's, do I think that it, do I think the uh, RICO charges against him in color in Georgia? I mean, that's 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 a big stretch. They won't that I don't believe actually occurred. I don't think that they were all conspiring to overthrow the government. You can't charge him with insurrection because you can obviously prove that he was not an insurrectionist in this case. Is that the January uh, while 6th he trial? was still speaking. Yeah. While he was still speaking an hour before he had said even the thing about marching down there peacefully and fighting and stuff. A bunch of knuckleheads had already gathered and already started to push the gates away and were starting to make advances on the Capitol. So that's a reach. The other one, what you're going to go with Jack Smith and what, what he's trying to push on this. Listen, all of it is political. And I think the most of the people are going to be voting and they're so they're so upset that other people are interfering in their choice, whether mm. it's Colorado, Washington or Maine. It's a giant, you know, middle finger to the system that's in place. It was a small middle finger against Hillary in 2016. People just didn't want that again. They How big of a f- middle they... finger was January 6th? Was that a solid middle? Was that a pinky? <laughs> was that a well, finger? Yeah, I think, I think a lot of those knuckleheads were like really <laughs> mad that for four years they tried to impeach him and then, you know, they went after him and the whole Russia stuff and they got mad about COVID. They were mad about a whole bunch of things. People were rising up because they just felt like the government wasn't listening to them. They weren't in there. First of all, they weren't armed. And they weren't in there. To, what? How are they going to overthrow anything? Come on! They didn't. There's no way any of that would work. They're in there just looking around, sightseeing. It was just a bunch of well, morons. That's a story for another cup of beer, John. We'll <laughs> meet a moron. We'll, we'll so, meet so, Dan and have a, a Bali pop and talk about. Meet the definition of an insurrection. So, but this is the way that I think about it, though, John. John, you know me. I vote GOP. There's there is no world in which I vote for Donald Trump. It just doesn't okay. exist, right? I, I mean, got it. I see nothing but gross neoliberalism. I see nothing but uh, uh, cutting taxes and borrowing more money and not understanding the difference between discretionary and mandatory spending. I see a guy with a, a just a laundry list of issues that if it was any other president, if he had a D in front of his name, people would be outraged. But because he's not and because he's a, because he runs Republican, people give him a pass. He signed the NDAA all four years he was in office. The tariff, the steel deal that he tried to cut with China, that's a disaster. So when people say, like, oh, he had the greatest economy of all time, yeah, because he bought it, right? He paid for it. 2.5 million jobs added to the Department of Transportation, just continuing to borrow and print money. Don't take my word for it, right? So when I look at that, I think, how could I in good conscience vote for that when Marianne Williamson wants me to use crystals to cure my cancer? That's the answer. Right? Right That's the answer, my friend. 
He did reduce a lot of regulation, which is true and does reduce the. But the problem is he's not intellectually curious. He doesn't really care necessarily about politics. Sure. He doesn't care about any of that sort of stuff. He is a populist president, not like um, Venezuela. But he's just, you know, a guy that just likes the idea that he's president of the United States. So he has sort of a really limited view of what he wants to do, you know, build a wall, which, by the way, most people agree with. And now they agree with it again. He has a few things that he fought hard for. But you're right. He went along with the rest of the stuff. The thing that's really going to happen, no matter if it is a Republican in there and if it is Trump, he's totally screwed because two years <laughs> later in the House, yeah. they're going to sweep any Republicans, which is a very small minority or majority now. They'll lose that and they'll probably lose the majority in the Senate. So he, as a lame duck, will be up against uh, a real force in the Senate and a real force in the House, which will be increasing the number of Supreme Court justices, making D.C. a state and making Puerto Rico a state as well. Those are the things that that will most likely be brought up if he's the president and we don't have the Senate and we don't have the House. If I were Donald Trump, I would just head back to Florida, keep playing golf and just realize he would be in a real S storm if mm. he does win the White House. I think that is probably the most accurate political analysis I have ever heard on the circumstance, John. Really? <laughs> yeah, seriously. That was, that the I'm most taking accurate. notes. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to repurpose and package this for next week. This is my entire week. It's I think done. that is, was so succinct, John, and so accurate. that it's I, honest. It's I, honest. It's very honest. And Just I, apologize for my accent. You know what happened? Spike <laughs> kept throwing me off with his. Uh, mine was terrible. I was just awful. Can I make a point? I was going more Maine than anything you were, else. Uh, you were. Mom, you remember? were. You the, yep. the weird thing about when I lived in New Hampshire is is it's the, it's almost like a southern accent in the way that they draw it out because I lived there for about two years oh. and so it's it's, oh. kind, it's kind of a slower because you know they've got they've all got lockjaw from their awful water and so it's kind of a slower <laughs> much more you know it, it's a weird way of speaking. And then the, the, the diet of people I lived in a place called Pittsfield, New Hampshire, which is a little teeny tiny dead town right? The diet of those... be more specific. Little tiny dead town in New Hampshire is covered with a lot of ground. <laughs> a lot of ground. It was it near a river? It was exactly. It was yeah. near a river. Exactly. <laughs> near the old mill. Exactly. Near an old mill. Yes, <laughs> yeah. it was. And uh, the thing that I noticed about the the this kind of place where there's no um, no like big corporate. There's no McDonald's. Oh wow. There's no the, like the closest Walmart's good 35, 45 minutes away. And so everybody's eating at these restaurants that would never pass a food inspection. <laughs> and it's basically just bread and cheese and meat in various iterations. That's basically it that all these people are eating. And I realized after a certain period of time, I go, all these people, like the regional dialect is so specific to this little county that I'm in right now that I don't think that you could accurately, it's almost like doing County Cork Irish. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's uh -huh. so hyper-specific that it would be too difficult to even try to pick up it's on. It's pronounced Cork. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite fun fact in New Hampshire is they have people that are in prison in New Hampshire are, are part of their labor if they want to do it and make, what, 10 cents a day or something, is making license plates. Yes, yeah. And the license plate in New Hampshire reads what, Jack? Live free or die on every single one with the old <laughs> man in the mouth. Live free, now go back to your cell. <laughs> right. That's so awesome. Right, so you're, you're in yeah. a prison <laughs> right. making these, it's like a Kafka-esque experience. That's you're in the prison cool. making these plates. <laughs> Live free or die. <laughs>
poor people. It was. Uh, aye, aye. I will say that the my the entirety of my time in New Hampshire made me realize that if anybody said to me, "Is there a state that you would you know never ever live in ever?" It New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine. Never in my life will I ever step foot in those three places. <laughs> it's yeah. miserable. Before we let John go, what do, what do you think of Dixville Notch? What do you think of that little Hamlet that votes at midnight? To be the first yeah. in the nation, six people. What is it? Really? Six, six votes. Six, six votes. Yeah, and it used yeah. to, and it used to be that they would all, quite often predict the winner of the state. It hasn't mm. happened in the last couple cycles, though, so that that has kind of gone the wayside. But all six of them voted for Nikki. Did Nikki spend like two afternoons at a couple places in Dixville Notch and lock up that vote? Is, I don't is, know. Is, I don't, just how quaint? often do they normally split it? How often do they normally go? You know, three, three, or well, or from two, what I read, the per- the percentage of Dixville Knox tends to play out. In the percentages of how the state votes, if a candidate per se mm. gets thirty percent of the Dixville Notch vote, uh, he'll get thirty percent, or she'll get thirty percent of the state vote. It usually plays out pretty good. But not, yeah. I think six and zero oh for Dixville Notch for Haley, that ain't going to play out across the state. Mr. Curley, no. thank you so much for your time. Thanks, guys. We'll All talk right. to you again on Thursday. Keep up the good work, fellas. Bye bye. Not unusual to enjoy Mr. John Curley's hot, spicy political takes. You can hear John every day, by the way. 3 to 7, Sherry Elliker, right here on Cairo Radio. We'll take a really quick break when we get back. Crypto scams abound. What is that, Jack? I have no idea what it is. Well, you're in luck. You don't know what crypto is. We're going to do a little boomer to zoomer with Mr. O'Neill. Thank you. So we can explain to him why somebody would spend $3 million on a line of code. Line of computer code. Ones and zeros. Binary. Doesn't make any sense to the boomer mind. Computer, what is that thing? Doesn't make any fancy, sense. Your fancy cipher box scares me. Is that you're telling me that it's like an abacus with a screen? Why would I need such a thing? We'll talk about it when we get back right after this. And now Spike goes from Boomer to Zoomer. Oh, we should have held off on that Boomer to Zoomer. I kind of want to talk about Chief Self really quick because that's right. You know, I feel like we talk about the shootings all the time at Chiefs or in and around that area. Okay. Right? Yeah. And I just I just typed it into Google because I just wanted to think because Aaron just let us know that there was a shooting in and around that region. The school's sheltering in place. Yeah. And I was looking at the the list of uh, incidents that have happened in and around that school over the last four years. I mean, it's, it seems like it's a nightmare nexus over there, right? Like, what is this? I mean, the SPD found a dead body in the parking lot back in April. I mean, there yeah. was a shooting there in 2018 in which a student lost their life. I mean, what is it with that area where – and I feel like they pop up in the news on a semi-regular basis where we end up talking about Chief Self, right? I think the neighborhood it sits in, I hate to be pejorative, but it has a lot to do with it. Oh, yeah, no, if, I, if I may interject, I went to Chief South High School. Actually, oh, there you so go. I have a little bit of insight okay. about this. All right. uh, I graduated in 2006. So it's, it was a while ago. But uh, yeah, I mean, there are some certainly, I think, some socioeconomic factors at play there. Um, and, you know, when I went there, it wasn't, I don't know if it was considered the best school in the district. Certainly not. But yeah, there was some, um, a rougher area, I think, I think it's fair to say. And, and a lot um, of the troubles that find their way on the Chief Self's yeah, campus right. um, uh, yeah. uh, have nothing to do with the school. Right. Correct. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely it's, not. It's, it's not the student I mean, body. I it's never, not the f- right. faculty there. It's, yeah. And I don't want to talk badly about my alma mater or anything right, like sure, that. Sure, I, sure. I had a good experience going there, of course. But, yeah, I mean, you know, it's um, 
there, I think there is just some factors that play out in that neck of the woods of West Seattle. And, and yeah. other schools around right. the area also find themselves right. in the same predicament. Exactly. Right. So my, Whether it's Garfield, Roosevelt, wherever it yeah, might be. Exactly. I don't think the problems are unique to Chief Not South at all. Down. My yeah. thought was basically that geographically is because mm-hmm. there's some reason why people are engaging in this kind of activity around that school, right? So I think that's probably yeah, the thing that's, to acknowledge fair the to most. Say. Yeah. And it is, I think what's crazy about it is that like, we, I, I think everybody knows kids want to feel safe. I think everybody knows kids want to feel like they can be in a learning environment where they don't have to worry about gunshots or whatever it might be, right? And as a parent, I, probably even more so than the kids themselves. Right. Kids have a sense of independence and almost invulnerability. Right. Uh, but parents who send their kids off to school, our greatest fear yeah. is something happened to our kids when they're out of our watch and out of our hands. Yeah, I mean, this is why I always talk about culture in the United States. And, you know, because really there's no there's any laws that you would want to pass to try to prevent these things from happening would be draconian. They would be authoritarian. They would be you'd be cracking down. I mean, literally, if you wanted to keep people safe all of the time, we would basically all be rolling around in gigantic plastic bubbles. You know what I mean? We wouldn't talk to each other. We'd all be like UV protected from UV rays. (laughs) You know what I mean? An iron dome, one might ask. We'd be like Beanie Babies, yeah. Beanie Babies, circa 1998. So you got the clear case for <laughs> oh, the one yeah. show, the, but then you got yeah. the you got the tinted case, so it doesn't get sun damage, right? Right? Because a bleached out uh, princess die so, bear is right. worth nothing. So the thing is, is like how you, the question the question you have to ask people is how much distress are people willing to endure? And then also you have to ask yourself, what is it about the United States as culturally speaking, where we default, many people default to resolving conflicts with firearms. Now, I love guns. I love guns so much. I don't even know where all my guns are. Some of them are just random places all around my house. Geez, Spike, it's okay to laugh at a joke sometimes, buddy. It's okay just to. to, I know. I know. It's okay. I I know you don't mean. That's the thing. I know you don't mean it. Right. It's not. "Mm." Right. It's not funny to take all my guns and put them in my backpack and just throw them in a random closet and forget about them. Right. Right. It's it's not funny. Not worth joking about. Right. I know. It's not. If I just said jokes about like, yeah, I just you know take my AR-15 and my neighbor says, hey, you mind if I borrow that? I say, sure, you can take it. I forgot who's got it. Yeah, I totally forgot. Listen, knocking neighbors are. Hey, did you borrow my? Hey, did you? Did I happen to leave my Sig over here or? My SKS, I can't remember. I know we had a few bottles of wine at your house last week. I got a couple dozen of these things just laying around my house. I tend to just leave them all over the place. It's almost like it's almost like you know, leave anything around the house. Can't find my sunglasses. Can't find my AR-15. Right? It's America. What I'm saying is that like you, you, there is something that is deep within us as Americans where some of us feel as if the way to resolve conflict is through violence. And some people champion this ideology. And I think that is what we should really need to address this really deep idea within certain aspects of culture in the United States, that the way that you solve conflict, verbal conflict, I'm not talking about home defense. I'm not talking about self-defense. No, no, no. I'm just talking about the way that you solve conflict is with a firearm. I saw a video that went viral the other day. It's from a case in, uh, I think it was in Connecticut. It's from about four years ago in which there is stepson, mom, stepdad, and stepson is smoking inside the house. Okay. And he's in his room smoking a cigarette. And stepdad is tired of this. Stepdad is also wasted. Okay. So stepdad says, I'm going to get my gun and I'm going to blow your brains out. Now, kid says... (laughs) 
okay, you can go ahead and do that. So from his perspective, he's filming this from his phone vertically, I might add, not horizontally. So we get really bad depth of field because it's vertical. Again, I don't know why you would do that. Especially as a youngster, he should know better. Well, he was 26 or something okay. like that, well, living with his mom. Yeah. And uh, he says, I'm going to go get my gun and I'm going to blow your brains out. And kid says, okay, go ahead and do it. And so dad goes and he gets his handgun and then he walks back in and he points it at the 26-year-old and he shoots his ear off. Bang. Shoots it right off. That guy was then in a standoff with a SWAT team. Dad, stepdad, was a, for about two hours before he took his own life. Over what? Over what? So this my is, rules, it's, my house, my rules. That guy, mm. it's not the gun, because if he had said, I'm going to go get my steak knife and whatever. Like, what I'm saying is that there is a thing that happens within uh, certain people where the way that you resolve difficult conflict is through violence. And what is that mechanism that causes people to think that way? No, I, people don't want to talk about it. People don't want to talk about it. But the, the the way that we instill that in children, the way that we instill that in human beings is because we allow people to strike and hit their children when they're four, two, three, four, five years old, because we think that that kind of punishment is a deterrent to behavior. But what we actually show children is that when somebody does behavior that you disagree with and you have the capacity to inflict violence on them, that it is appropriate to do so. That's well, why people think that way. My no, friend. I hear you. We and it's it's the cure for every issue we have. Road rage, bring a gun. I'm not. I'm, know, not, I'm uh, not. I'm not. I'm not talking about guns, my friend. I'm talking about violence in general. No, okay, okay. I was, it's I was, a cure I was for anything. About, I was road, about the, road rage. I'll get a bat. Who cares what I use? Right. Yeah, I mean, no, I saw. Right. I saw a video. Is the first answer. I saw, a, vi- to I saw yeah. a video of a road rage incident where a woman uh, tried to kill a guy with a tire iron. A tire iron. She didn't do a very good job of it, but she was trying to break in through his window using a. T- I guarantee you that that woman was subjected to corporal punishment as a little girl. And so the thing is, is that like the reason people say, oh, Jack, why do you talk about not hitting your kids so much? Well, you know, you don't like violence. You don't like people perpetrating violence against other people. We teach kids how to be violent. We demonstrate to them that the mechanism to get what they want out of another human being is to be physically violent with them, physically confrontational with them, not negotiation skills, not emotional regulation, physical violence. All the data pans this out. Since the 1970s and still to this day, when I say, hey, don't hit your kids if you want to have healthy children, what do people say? Well, well I was, I was my day. I went back in my day and I, know, I don't the, want to shoot anybody. Yeah. I'm not talking about you. The anecdotal I, is never ending. It's right. I'm talking about, statistically speaking, if you look back at almost every single mass ser- serial killer throughout history, horrible childhoods, horribly abusive. Yeah, but is, is, is I, I, we could do this all day. Is spanking abuse? Yes, it is. Okay. 100%. Humiliation exercises, isolation exercises, timeouts yeah. for children. The most effective, this is, all the data backs this up. Any parenting book, any psychiatrist will tell you this. The most effective treatment for unruly children is you sit with them until they calm down and then you talk about their behavior. That is the way that you negotiate with children. Now, some people might say, well, I don't have the time to do that. I was talking about this with Jake Scorheim. That's exactly what three he does. Boys. He's got three boys. Yeah, if he can find the time, you can find He the spends time. 15 minutes with his kids just sitting and talking. And isn't that such a wonderful, wonderful way to parent? I just don't think that people realize, like when we talk about gun violence, talk about gang violence, whatever it is, there's a really simple way to 
cut all this off from ever happening again. Make people feel good about themselves and feel worthy. They'll feel they'll see that in others. They'll think it, right. Yeah, right. That's worth ex- in others. That's exactly my point. That's a great point. Man. I'm sorry we didn't get to talk about crypto money. That's, that's okay. <laughs> I wasn't going to invest before tomorrow anyway. <laughs> Maybe it could good. be our digital exclusive. Ah, because ah. guess what? I found a, the the pastor who did this scam recorded a whole video message of himself yes. talking about yes. it. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. that's great. They can find it. They can find it at, at our website. Right? They can find it at uh, the Jack and Spike Show on YouTube. We'll, we'll which, post it later today, tomorrow. When we'll, 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 our upload schedule, we upload a video at noon and a video at three. Okay. So. so It'll probably be tomorrow, but okay. they can still find it there, and you can sure. subscribe. If there. you subscribe, it'll pop right up right. the second it's if ready. You hit the notification nice. bell. And we you actually, can watch it at your leisure. And we gained a whole ten subscribers in just one day, which is monumentous because that's a fifty percent increase from yesterday. <laughs> it's like a really just go, getting started. <laughs> We're just getting started. Take a really quick. I know it's been up for 24 hours. Come on, guys. Get us, <laughs> a, catch us, catch our tire shoes. All right, full Oscar nominees list. I'll tell you why it doesn't matter anymore when we get back right after this. Spike snapped at me with his fingers, and I got mad at him, and now I feel bad. I feel ups- I feel like you and I had a. I feel like we had a moment there. I don't even. I don't even remember. You were, no. You I let were, it go. No, I. I need to apologize because Spike was trying to get my attention when I was saying something else, and then he snapped at me. He <laughs> snapped. Sizzle snap in yeah. the face, and then I got a little. I got a little activated. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I got well, a little re-traumatized. Triggered. I was re-traumatized. Yeah. Because yeah. my grandparents used to snap in my face when I was a little boy. No, I. I, and I, now, I can relate. I, Filled with rage. And now I feel bad that I projected my childhood traumas onto Spike O'Neill. I don't think I'm... <laughs> I feel bad for having Reed traumatized you. I do. I feel terrible. No, this is all Now my we're fault. all holding hands and crying in a circle. Kumbaya. I just feel... It's, it's weird how those things come up, right? Like, you don't even notice sometimes when those emotions come up from the most subtle... Oh, totally. ...subtle of things, yep. right? But thankfully, I'm emotionally regulated enough... To, to to talk about my weakness openly, just with you guys, not on air. Thankfully, the mics yeah. aren't. Let me Andrew, know before we're back can we double break. check that really yeah. quick? Andrew, actually, we're, we're off we're, air still. Andrew, let me know when we're coming back on air because I've been saying stuff that yeah, I don't he's, want. He's being too uh, honest for public air. Here, yeah, can we can you just, can you just play, we fire up that bumper music uh, for us so we can so we come back on real quick? Hey, all right. So the welcome back, everybody. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the deal. Jack started in the studio, no problems whatsoever. Not like anybody's snapping in anybody's faces or anything like that. We've just been here just uh, telling jokes can't tell on air because the management will get mad at us if we start telling jokes. You know, these old, these are the days of these woke kids out there. You can't say a joke these days. You tell a joke about anybody, you're going to lose your job. Back you, in my day, we could do impressions and regionals and ethnicity and anything. I had a character name. Never mind. <laughs> How easy it would be to be like one of these grifters who's like, man, the woke left is going to come after me if I say anything over the line. I say stuff that's over the line all the time. Why? Where's the woke left coming after me? Where are they? I don't understand it. They're busy blocking a streetcar stop. Oh, that's what they're doing. <laughs> they just got it scheduled for Saturday Where night, is this thing? Pending it's, weather. Okay, so when when Dave Chappelle released his first comedy special with Netflix, mm-hmm. everybody was like, oh, there's this huge woke mob outside of Netflix who are trying to shut down Netflix. It was four Netflix employees and about 12 of their friends who all at lunch went outside of the Netflix headquarters in Los Gatos, California, and then said, please take the special down. And then afterwards, 
the four employees went back in and went back to work, and their eight friends just left. <laughs> and what they did, what media did, it was so disingenuous. They cropped in the camera. I mean, the camera guy came in real close to the group, right? So it looked like there was like three or four hundred people there, all centered around this trans person. And then it, it was so disingenuous because if you actually watch the footage from people who were there, it's it's r- empty. Unbelievably well, you empty. Build a story in the media. You got to tell. You got a narrative, man. You know, it's it's like I don't know. It's like if the guys from Rat were playing a, a, a reunion at a state fair, right? And like I don't know, like, they did a Hollywood thing where they fill one section <laughs> and, and then don't don't zoom out, right. right? Yeah, it's like the guys from L.A. Guns playing a state fair. <laughs> They're opening for uh, for Disturbed at a state fair in Florida, and there's like eight people who are like, who are these guys? I guess I mean we're here early, so we might as well see what the front row looks like i mean it's just a joke anyway speaking of jokes the oscars speaking of jokes nice segue the oscars are going to be a thing there's a list of everybody who got nominated everybody's upset about the list i don't understand why it's just the oscars aren't culturally relevant anymore they don't really matter anymore it's 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 not we talked about this last week yeah the oscars aren't made for the everybody anymore they're not made for people to enjoy they're made for rich entitled people to enjoy where they can just get high on their mm. own smugness. Right? So that I'm not disagreeing with any of that, but don't they still have some relevance as to show what films are, matter? Do, should films matter? Maybe that's a better question because I'm, I'm looking at the nominations for Best Picture and uh, the, the Barbie movie, which you can like or not like, was okay. not nominated. I'll give you one of the best movies that I have seen in a very long time is Val, the documentary that was made about Val Kilmer. Oh, okay. Nobody heard about it. Right. Barely anybody saw it. It is objectively one of the best documentaries that I have seen in decades. When was it released? Last year. Not nominated for it's not even the documentary. That's category. what I'm saying, man. Is it there So there's a lot of yeah. Like okay. in terms of like artistic merit, like there are films that were made last year that nobody saw, that nobody heard of. I have said this for years. I think the Grammys and the Oscars would be more interesting if they were highlighting things that you never would have heard yes. of otherwise. Yeah, based. So based. But instead, it's like the usual players, right? It's Barbie, well, well, Top Forty, Top Forty, yep. Oppenheimer. Yeah, but there's but there's no Marvel movies. At least we can can we take thank can God. We take, <laughs> there is a Marvel that. movie. No, Guardians, there is Guardians of the Galaxy three. Best special effects. But well, we're gonna have to well, special effects. We're gonna it's have not to, acting. We're gonna have to complain about that tomorrow. <laughs> here, my friends. A plus for everybody except for Spike for snapping in my face. You get a C minus. Uh, here's your quote of the day. Nice shooting, son. What's your name? I lived in a place called Pittsfield, New Hampshire, which a little teeny tiny dead town, right? Be more specific, little tiny dead town in New Hampshire covers a lot of ground. <laughs> a lot of ground. Was it near a river? It was exactly. It was yeah. near a river, exactly. <laughs> near, near the old mill. Exactly. Near an old mill. <laughs> yes, yeah. it was.